coming to you live from the garage at Parkview Studios. This is the Brothers Ketchup, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to just catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother. Frankie Biazzi. Boy, was it a busy week. I feel like I got a lot done, though. What'd you do? Well, you had a busy day. Week. Week. I, I had a busy... I did the lawn stuff this weekend. I mowed. I, we went to the shooting range. I absolutely tore down this garage and redid everything. I put the cabinets up. Got the countertop The in, garage does look much better. bike up. It feels like weekend. it feels like the garage is split into two halves. Like, well, I'm trying to a completely clean half that's designed to be like used, and then the other half that still still has work to do. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, it is wildly better. The cabinets look great. The countertop looks great. I'm trying to get stuff together for a garage sale, but. It's a hassle going through boxes and all. There's all still stuff from when we moved in here. Yeah. I feel like the birds are chirping extra nice day. I wrote a poem about the birds chirping this hey, weekend. Hey, I didn't read that. You didn't read my poem? I didn't read it. I'm never going to send you a poem again. Finally. That's all it took. <laughs> I was not reading one poem. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I wrote a poem about the birds. We just discovered old files from my past life. Of a computer from a decade ago. It is amazing to think about that computer was last uploaded in 2011. It's crazy. It's so like, long ago. And you could still get. Uh, we got all those files back. You were in a darker space back then. That those songs were a little. I think they were a little sad. They're good though. Yeah, they were. I don't think it was a dark space necessarily. I think it was just like. It's mostly the music I was listening to. I was trying to like emulate my it's favorite big artists. Influence. That's true. It's a good point. All that like moody indie rock. It is crazy. Like I remember you used to give me shit about the music I listened to. I love I the music I listened to was awesome. No no no. I don't mean the actual quality of the music. I I like your music. I listen to a bunch of it. I just mean like you're like because I used to listen to like a lot of like uh, pop punk, and you'd make fun of like the the subject matter of pop punk. No, song. I didn't make fun of the subject matter. Okay. Usually, I was making fun of the fact that they were like emo kids or like the way they sang like that. Like, yeah, oh! I, it's the same thing with your. It's all different. It's a matter of taste. I never really liked that good Charlotte-y... Yeah, but some but 41. my point is like all of the your bands kind of have that too. Yeah, sure. They're different though. Yeah, like there's a there's a sound of indie That's rock. That's what I like. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it's it's not. But yeah, I wasn't into. But like, for example, I was just playing my guitar the other day, and I was rocking out to "Sugar We're Going Down Swinging." Like, like you were playing it. Yeah, real recognize real man. It's a good song. You were playing "Sugar We're Going Down." Yeah, I was jamming out to it. That sounded great too. I don't know if I believe you. Yeah, it's good. I didn't know you knew how to play it, number one. That's probably well, not, I learned that's probably not it. hard. I learned it. Yeah. I was looking for different songs to play, so I was like, ah, Sugar, we're going down swinging. Did you sing Like, did you sing it, too? Yeah, dude. Of course. 
You know, I I really think you and Rachel should start a YouTube channel of just YouTube doing covers. Yeah, maybe. You like you both because of like what your range is and her range is and like you can cover such a wide spectrum of music. It could be could be cool. I don't really like music anymore though. I'm right there with you. I mean, like, not that I don't like music, I just don't really listen to music. But it was, like every once in a while, when I pick up my guitar, and you'd want to play something new, you gotta go for those. You off the beaten path. I was playing a few different kind of punk songs. Like what? I don't remember. Well, I was I was uh, what's that one by Blink One Eighty Two? Down. No. All the small things. Miss you. Miss you. Yeah, I, I forgot. You're a big fan of that song. If I if someone told me, like, what are Sal's favorite songs that are from, like, that genre? It's Miss You by Blink-182. It's Ghost of You by My Chemical Romance. I like some My Chemical Romance. You really like Ghost of You. I like, um, what's the other one? I like a lot of My Chemical Like, I like I'm Not Okay. I like, uh, the other song that they sing. The Parade, Black Parade. Black Parade, yeah. Yeah, they have some good songs. That album, it's funny. I, we were just saying, like, I don't listen to music anymore. I actually went back and listened to that album, like, not too long ago, like, a few months. Still so good. Yes. Like, front to back, just good. It's always impressive to me, like, when a band pulls it off and, like, nails an album. Like, I think it's hard. Well, I always think about that when I when I listen to the National High Violet because I think that album is so close to perfect. It's so good. And then they followed it up with an album that's really good. But then I listen to like when I listen to Mountain Goats, they have some full length albums that are really good start to finish. Well, I almost think with the Mountain Goats though, it's like if you just make a million albums, you're bound to make a good one. Like front to back, yeah. And because he like he because, doesn't have any album that doesn't have like one or two songs. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like when you're when you can make music the quality of John Darnielle like that. Yeah. Like if you just keep spitting them out, like, I mean, he's just a savant when it comes to music making. That is true. What did you do? You've been playing baseball still. Dude, you know what? I gotta be honest, I've been walking around a little bit with just like a little swagger. Yeah. Knowing I'm actually pretty <laughs> fucking good. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's so like, I don't know. Like when we talked about it my first I don't know, the first podcast where we mentioned it. Yeah. I didn't know how it was gonna be. I was pretty confident my fielding would translate who knew what would happen with the bat. But through six games, batting well over three hundred, almost four hundred. Got an OPS. Got a one dot OPS. We're getting walks. We're making plays in the field. I played catcher yesterday, which that was insane. I don't want to do that ever again. But the problem is, I like it wasn't awful. So they were like probably gonna be like the backup catcher from now on. So I need to buy a cup. But anyone who gives Gary Sanchez or any catcher for that matter shit about like past balls they should be shot it is it might be the hardest thing to do on a baseball field and I'm I was catching a guy throwing like high 70s low 80s I can't imagine 
catching guys throwing 98. I, the reaction time. It's so stressful. It's so hard. It's so hard. I had, so a guy got to first on like a walk. Might as well have just gave him the run then. Like, <laughs> so he attempts to steal. And I was excited because like I thought, like I have a pretty good arm. I thought I was going to throw him out. So catch the ball. It was a good catch. Went to the transition. Not a clean transition into the hand, but still had enough time to get him. But what I didn't anticipate was like, once you are in a crouch and you go to standing up with the ball ready to throw, the catcher's mask on my face didn't fit me great. So by the time I went to throw, the mask is covering my eyes. So I can't see where anything is. So I throw it down to second, (laughs) thinking I'm throwing to second. I threw it to where like the second baseman plays, yeah. which is, if you know baseball, 20 feet right of the bag, and just airmailed it into the gap, basically. <laughs> the guy goes to third so easily. And then on the next pitch, it was a pass ball that scored the run. And I was like, yep, that was, <laughs> that was impossible. That's and I got, so much, I got so much shit for it from the guys. But it was really funny, and I didn't really care. Like, I, like it was truly funny. But... I'm loving playing baseball. And what's your batting average? 389. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, congrats. Three on... doubles. I almost have the same amount of doubles as I do singles. <laughs> hey. We're just, we're just slapping the ball. And I'm starting to get a little confidence. So like, be careful because it could, it could turn the other way quick. So you gotta, well, before, gotta have I'm, fun with it. before I'm in this little, like, I'm going to call it a hot stretch because, like, in my last, like, my last five at yeah, my last five at bats, um, three for four with a walk. Yeah, it was pretty good. But I had I had my elbow up, and I dropped dropped it down. Simple change. It's been feels easier. There you go. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Very nice. Well. I do want something I want to talk about, but I don't know if we can. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Race. Oh. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> I know. It's an impossible topic to broach, but I only want to talk about it in the sense that, like, the current moment where we are I feel like the divisions in our society are so close to being gone like we're all pretty aware of where we are I would argue right now the only thing holding us back from that is actually the people who are hell bent on on pushing on race push, well no like they're hell bent on fixing it but like their version of fixing it is just making the gap the gap wider like like, we're going the other way now. Like, we were yes. so close and now we're starting to go the other way. Like, anti-white things because that's how we fix it. Like, we only let black people do it. It's like, no, like, you're you're doing segregation. Like, I don't know if you're even aware that you're doing it, but you're doing it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm with you. And it's so strange. We've been, we've been talking a lot about globalists... And globalism and the 
and the idea that okay if there is this conspiracy to have one world government but like the the reason why like it sounds good to a lot of people it's not automatically some phony conspiracy theory that they want to throw away it's like this idealistic vision that you can relate to but you have to understand that from all of recorded human history we've been a, we've been divided and we're divided by nation and by tribe and by culture but like what really bothers me is the idea of cultural appropriation we're italian i like to joke a lot about yeah when people you can't have spaghetti then like spaghetti meatballs sorry that's mine that's you can't my have shit. it pizza fuck off like no you're wearing a tank not. top take <laughs> it off get off get that guinea to you so i don't know reparations talk i'm seeing a lot of and but that's are I, I truly believe like when you see that those talks like i don't think those are coming from the real people like i yeah, just don't i don't either because we my favorite expression over the past few years has been uh don't let perfect be the enemy of good yes and it's like that's it's so blatantly obvious that's what we're doing like we can go back in in american history and we don't have to go back to slavery like we don't have to go back that far we can just go back and know how bad race relations were in this country and we don't have to turn a blind eye to it and pretend that america doesn't have its its issues with with race but what we what i think is lost in the conversation all the time is that number 1 we are not the only country that has that issue. Um, we are not the only country that has a background of slavery. Far from it. And we... Things have gotten better. So like, we should acknowledge that things are getting, are, have gotten better. And that they're going to continue to get better. And we don't have to make them better by, by doing this radical campaigning for anti-racism because i think anti-racism isn't real like like statistic there's sci- there's scientific studies that have gone into looking into how anti-racist training improves relationships and the takeaway in a lot of studies is that it actually makes people more racist well i mean i can't speak to that like i don't know the the studies you're talking about but i mean i wouldn't be surprised yeah I mean, this is a misinformation, but I guess those studies might not exist, but I'm almost positive they do. But regardless, we're talking about something that we have to be honest with ourselves, right? If diversity is our strength, then it has to be our strength. But we have to recognize that it would be our strength because we're the only nation on earth that is so welcoming to every different type of person of every different and that's what i mean that we let the the enemy of perfect uh, be <laughs> let perfect be the enemy of good because like what other country has the makeup we do none none absolutely none so it gets it gets hard to i think because we live in this propaganda nightmare it gets hard to separate the reality from the fiction here. Like, what... When I go outside every day, and I see 
people of all different backgrounds all throughout the day and I interact with all different kinds of people for whatever I'm doing and we all exist it doesn't seem tense you know we're all we all get along and that's how it should be so what's what is the when you step back and you stop watching the headline on the news at night that says like oh this hate crime was committed like what is the reality and because you don't see it day and day doesn't mean it doesn't exist but at the same well, time to what extent does it exist well okay so that's i i really believe that there are people that sit behind a desk and they just pick like um, let's let this be the national story for the next month. Definitely. Like when the Asian hate thing was going on. Like I think you can do that with anything. Hey, let's pick out hey, this thing. Six specific and let's, crimes in the whole country. And let's target it, broadcast it, and boom, now it's trending on Twitter. Like I think you can do that with anything. And I think the Asian hate thing started because, I mean, I'm going to get my conspiracy brain going. But what what kind of happened in the news right after the Asian hate thing happened? The lab leak stuff started turning the corner and, and changing. So I do think things like that are connected. I do think it's like getting out in front of news stories and, hey, because, I mean, everything you – I think everything you see on – in the news, on Twitter, whatever, is at this point propaganda. Everything. What do you What do you do in a society that has no authenticity? Like when there's no trust or genuine – I talk about this all the time. Like, we need transparency. Like, you, radical transparency. Do you want to know what I really think? Because I kind of stumbled upon this thought today with the COVID stuff, with the vaccines. I think you do nothing. Like, I and I, and I actually think that's the solution. Is you do nothing. You can, and by, by doing nothing, it can be legitimately nothing. You can post on Facebook. You can start a campaign if you wanted to. But all of that really is just nothing. And you just have to let what happens, happens. I don't think, at this point, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And you just have to let one of them win. And then we'll pick up the, the, the chips wherever they fall, you know? How many more cliches could I put into that sentence? Let it run its own course? <laughs> The problem is, because no one knows anything, we all think we know everything, but no one really knows anything, it's impossible to say how long and to what extent reality has been manipulated by men behind the scenes with a lot of money. All of it. It's easy to say all of it. Well, I mean, at this point... But it might not be all of it. It probably isn't all of it. But it's more than it's more than half, I would say. So more therefore, it's all of it. <laughs> Take all of history, slice it in half. That's the Rothschilds. Dragonflies everywhere. There's I a- mean, I'm just saying, like, okay. Here's a good question. Are things worse now, or are you just more in tune with it? Meaning, from ages 0 through 16... Were things different than they are now? Or were you just unaware of it at that age because you weren't paying attention to it? Because I would argue it's both. Well, if we're talking about just like being an American, 
Yeah, it's worse. Being, it doesn't have to be being American. Just be being a human. Just living in and this being time. Being a human, just I would living say in this it's time. not worse because it's, it's it's all just, the same. It's just what it is. Like, but in America, your li- your life your life experience compared to what your grandparents could do in their life. It's different stuff. Yeah. And then before them. And the ideals changed a lot here. And this, the, what is this country was founded on and believed to be and what it was even just a generation or two ago, like when our grandparents were young people. Well, this country is a different place. So that's why you kind of talk about it a lot with um, the younger generation, right? Like, you see it on TikTok and all yeah. the other places. And correct me if I'm wrong. Don't you kind of think that there's, uh, in this next generation of kids, you think there's, like, this this hunger for, for the real truth? I hope so. I think I've, I... It seems to be out there. Because what I would say to that is, with every generation, so you look at our parents' generation, and then you look at our grandparents' generation. As the our parents' generation gets older, they knew things to be one way. Now they're a little bit older, and they just say, well, it can't be that bad. Like, it's, it's the same as when we were kids. Like, this is what it was, right? And then you have us go, it wasn't, it's, every, it's different now. Like, it, it's worse. And I think the next generation of kids below us, like that next generation go, they, they just have it all. Like, it's all bad. Like, they, like, there is no good for these young children. I think they see it. I think they must see it. Well, I hope with the Biden administration, like, it's giving them an opportunity to understand what it, what it was. Like, think about, like, America, and say what you want about the Clintons, and then going back to the Bushes, and before that, to, like, Reagan, right? Yep. Like, that was a different time in America from the 80s till, like, the, until Bush. Yeah, right? Like, it's as a different America. So the kids today are growing up in a different America. Here's what I get discouraged about, and... I really, probably just saying these words is going to get a zero on the podcast because <laughs> the, the algorithm's going to silence it. But I hate having the same arguments with people about 9-11. Yeah. It's been 20 years, man. Like, if you think you know what happened to 9-11, you are such an asshole. Like, you're just such an asshole. And I don't mean to be rude. I really don't, but I just, I'm, I'm tired. Think about all the things they lie to you about on a day-to-day basis and all the things you don't know in your life. And then spend five minutes looking up some of the things you don't know about 9-11. Because there's so much, I guarantee you. So much you don't know about 9-11 if you think you do. Because the answer is none of us do. And it changed our lives. And here we are. Changed our country. Changed but everything. it's happening again with COVID. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, I'm already getting tired of the vaccine conversation. Yeah, like, I don't want to have these. Like, because we've, we've talked about this a lot, and I don't know any other way to talk about it, but, like, it's not that I'm, I'm right, because I very well could be wrong, 
But what I know is like I I'm listening to things that I know you aren't. Yeah. Right? So like I know like if we talk about the COVID vaccines, like I know it's actually killing thousands of Americans. Thousands of Americans. Not around the world, Americans. You don't know that. Like there are people, like if you went up and just asked anybody on the street or go go to your local pharmacy where they're distributing COVID vaccines and ask the the person who's distributing it and say, I'm curious, how many people are dying from this vaccine? Do you think they, they know? Do you think the, the person actually administering the vaccine knows? The answer is no. They don't. People don't know. And so it's not that I'm right. It's just that I feel like I'm more aware or cautious, question of questioning. It's it's tough because a lot of the vaccine conversation is dominated. And this is the issue, right? Like, they say it's dangerous to have this kind of conversation. Correct. And it's not. What's it is inherently not. Is not when, having the conversation. Is when you let Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer, in collaboration with Facebook, determine what information is right or not. That's the problem. And it and it's and not we've been just saying. And that's an argument I'm tired of having because it's not just COVID. Exactly, having this argument exactly. for so long with everything they've been censoring for so long. But now. this is what. So I'd almost make the argument that maybe. In the early days of social media, yeah, it was looked at as this like wonderful tool yes. of people to connect, and how dangerous and how threatening that is to like the people in charge, mm-hmm. and how quickly they were able to commandeer it and turn it into what it is now, which is nothing. Nothing. It's no different than watching MSNBC or Fox News. Yeah, it's not. No. It's the same shit. And it's worse. It's actually worse. Yes. It's so crazy. Gardasil was only. O N E L E S S. I want to be one less. One less. Johnson and Johnson spent 50 years giving people ovarian cancer. Everyone used to be distrustful. Of corporations and the corporate state, we are marching ourselves into. That's because corporations now put gay pride flags as their Twitter bios. And people eat that shit up. So, like, they blame people like us for having conversations like this. But at the same time, how can you trust any information from any of these people? How can you trust peer-reviewed science when you know people can submit papers? submit papers that just are ridiculously woke and get published and then other people who write papers that are harsh truths that are maybe scientifically sound but because they contradict woke narratives don't get published in peer review papers how can you trust mainstream science or academia how can you trust and this is the conversation we've had over and over on this conversation you don't want to get to the point where you're anti-academic or anti-science but at the same time, you have to be cautious listening to these people because these are 
because our culture is dominated by an ideology, and when Correct. civilizations fall, it's because of this type of thing. I don't want to be distrusting of everything, but you forcing me to not question things has made me now distrust everything. Yeah, now I can't trust you. So, you did it to yourselves. And it's not just you silencing <clears throat> me on things that I knew were accurate, but it's also your insistence on pushing information that I know is inaccurate. While silencing me for accurate information, it it's there's a, put, Brett Weinstein put out his most recent podcast worth everyone listen. Talks about the vaccines, but when you are talking about science, the importance is the dialectic and the back and forth and the testing of of hypothesis. Okay, well, in the podcast. They talk about the ivermectin stuff. At this point, ivermectin has been on the market for 40 years. It is out of patent. And we know that it's actually one of the safest drugs It's a scabies medication. It is one of the safest drugs in existence. And this is what they were talking about on the podcast. That if you are... That even these, these, these doctors are getting into these arguments online with people who are not doctors, who are safeguarding medicine, who are, who are telling you, we can't use ivermectin because it has not been tested in a double-blind study. But yet they're willing to give the vaccine. And you say, well, we know ivermectin is safe. So if it's safe and there's any percent chance that it works, and not only is there any percent chance, we know it works. We know for a fact it works, 100%. It's gonna, it can prevent it, and it can uh, help cure it once you have it. So, like, it's unethical to not be using it. And these people who think that they're fighting for science going, we can't use that, we have to trust the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's just, it's, it's everything, dude. It's, it's a bizarro world like everything is backwards and it feels like i'm going crazy and maybe i am, maybe we are crazy like, i don't know but it doesn't feel that way it feels like we're being censored it feels like i'm in a crazy world <laughs> feels like maybe i'm, being, I'm crazy feels like i'm being censored in authoritarian I think, corporatocracy i think we need a guest on this podcast no guests no i, I want to guess all right who i don't know just anyone on the other side of these issues and I want to berate them. <laughs> no, I won't berate them. We'll have a very respectful conversation. But like, I would love to just talk to someone who is very stoutly against like all conspiracy theories, loves the COVID vaccines, all this stuff. Osama bin Laden is the sole perpetrator of 9-11. Yeah, like someone who thinks like that. <sighs> and just be like, what about all the people who got rich off 9-11? I will say this, like, and I'll admit it. It's it sucks to lose all the time. Well, that's my issue with like one of the it things. It sucks I to hate... always be the wrong crazy person. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the so, like worst, I'm not doing it by choice. The, the worst part about me turning from like the left and finding where I am is number one, I don't have a political party, which is fine. I don't want a political party. Yeah. Two. I would never subject myself to being labeled as what you just said, the, like the crazy person. So like, it, like what you just said, it's not by choice. Like, I'm not choosing. Like, 
I have to. Unfortunately, these are the things I legitimately believe. These I wish are, I didn't legitimately this believe This is what was things. laid out in front of me, and now this is my <laughs> this reality. This is what I am. So. so. I wish I didn't. I wish I could be like you and just, like, trust And that's why, John like, I can't, Pfizer. that's why I can't be a Republican, because not for nothing, man. If I was a, a real Republican, like someone who, I, I have Republican values, conservative values, your politicians are awful. Well, I'm a registered Republican still in the state of New Jersey. No, no, I'm talking about you don't count. I think I'm going to switch back to Democrat. As much as as the Democrats disgust me, I give them credit. Like, what? like their ability to get out in front of every news story, <laughs> deny whatever accusation there is, Control win every all culture the war. In the country. They're, they're doing something right. The Republicans can't do anything they get trounced daily listen it's we live in we're like constantly in an interrogation room with two very committed two people very committed to the role of good cop bad cop and the gop is just the bad cop they're fine with it yeah like, yep we're we're the evil <laughs> racist and it's like no you're not like you just have you just have different values nope we're racist it's like no <laughs> fight for yourself <laughs> And the Democrats are like, do you want free money and drugs? And the, and the Democrats are like, they're racist. It's crazy. But that's what I, I mean, again, this is something we talk about all the time. It's like, I hate leftists on Twitter. Yeah. They're the worst. They're the worst group of people. Because they, it doesn't matter they what think, you say. It doesn't matter what facts you have. They're right about every they, last thing. They are so pure. They're so good-hearted. <laughs> they're such better people than I am. Yeah, it's it. I should be dead. That's imagine good, if every one of your political positions were held because you thought you think it made you like a better person, superior to yeah. everyone else. Has nothing to do with what they actually believe, other than just like I'm this a better person because thing. I believe it. This is the nice thing. It's like where did you think? Where did you come up with that? Abortion is the love thing. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> I had this conversation yesterday, and it's so true. Like, it's such a spit in the eye. Here, we're going back to race. Tie it all together. It's such a spit in the eye that the Democrats can call anyone racist while directing tax money to Planned Parenthood. It is such a fucking disgrace that Planned Parenthood gets tax dollars. Everything in this country is canceled and woke and has to be dominated by the puritanical belief in one equal, no difference between any race but white people. So all these things, but Planned Parenthood can get our tax dollars. Planned Parenthood is a eugenics tool to discriminate openly against minority and poor communities. And that is like the driving force behind the liberal ideology. It is one of the biggest donors to the Democratic Party. It's disgusting. If you're really concerned about race in America and you support Planned Parenthood, you're a hypocrite and a big one because you because Margaret Sanger is inexcusable. The the organization themselves distance themselves from Margaret Sanger. Inexcusable. So the fact that like that dichotomy exists is just it's an insult. And that's what all of it is based on. And it's this projection and this double standard that I think keeps them in power. It's this great illusion. That, hey, we're so morally superior while supporting some of the worst policies that destroy the country and and cripple us by latching so many people on to the teat of these same corrupt individuals making these decisions. 
and it's all baited in race, which is such an extra insult because these are the racists. And they push this narrative that, like, oh, the party switched when they've always been the racists. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the pot <laughs> calling the kettle black. It's, it's crazy. While supporting Planned Parenthood, which is a crazy racist organization. Like, what, probably the most racist organization in the history of America. Planned Parenthood. Like, let's put abortion clinics in poor and African-American communities so that we can literally get them to kill their own babies and not reproduce as much. Like, what? What? And if you look at where Planned Parenthood is today still and where most of the abortions in the country are committed, it's race-based, assholes. And I don't – look, and to be honest, that's not really even my soapbox. Like I don't even really care. If you guys don't care, fine. We don't have to do any goddamn thing about it. My only point is stop being the race baiters while supporting – this type of behavior. I like that. I think we're three episodes in a row now where you've gone on a nice rant. I like that. I think it's got to be a calling card of each episode. Also, in the middle of that rant, you're out of the chair. Uh, In the middle of that rant, I thought I was having a stroke because my my ear, like all of a sudden I felt the pressure in the room change and then there was just a ringing in my right ear and I was like, Oh, oh, no. So I was trying to focus on what you were saying while simultaneously trying to get my ear to stop ringing. Um, I think that's about as good as two white people can talk, can about, talk race. about race. Yeah, like I'm done with that. Change gears. <laughs> Any good movies? No. Um, I don't know if this is too big of a topic to tackle in the same episode. Sure. Because I, I don't want to go too long. But last week you talked about a possible topic. Yes. And I don't even know what you meant by it, but I'm so in but like you you brought it up and then haven't even like suggested bringing it back. So if you want to save it as a future episode, I won't well, say it. Okay. So I know you really want to talk about the magic stuff. And what I mean cuz it's meant not by is it not going to be like the fun conversation about magic? No, I think it could be fun. Like David I Blaine. I think all of our topics are fun. Like David Blaine actually has magic powers from <laughs> Satan. I mean, we can go into that. I want to talk about, yes, but like what what things do we believe are actually humanly capable? Like what are, what, where does the line between fiction, I think magic in reality, like we're going to define it, is the meeting point between the imaginary and the real. It's like when you can take. That's a great definition. Is that a real definition? Or you I just, just make that up. No, this is just on the fly. That's good. I like that. But I think. So where is that line? Like what can, what can humans do? Like I believe very strongly in psychic abilities, like astral projection and uh, remote viewing and all did those. Have we talked about? Did yes. we talk about this on the podcast? Yes, exactly. Yeah. We have. So. That would be something that falls in there. Or, like, ghosts and paranormal. Like, that would be something that falls in there. So, like, wh- when I see someone like David Blaine who does do inhuman things, a lot of his stunts are stunts. Like, he's literally just pushing the physical to yes. beyond the barrier. But then I've also seen him do things that, like... like the street, like, is... Kind of unexplainable. Okay. Inexplicable. But most magic tricks are can just be ex- tricks. And they can be explained, but you don't know how... Um, 
Hmm. But I haven't brought it up because I don't. Is there more you want to? Yeah, like I think don't about? know. I don't know where to go with it because I think there's a lot of there's a lot we could cover, and I don't want to like talk about it and then like feel like we didn't do okay. it justice. All right. Well, but, then that's like a little teaser. Yeah, At maybe. some point in the future, we might we talk, will about magic. talk about magic. <laughs> I went to a Penn and Teller show one time, and it was the coolest thing I've ever been to. Yeah, I've been to a few magic shows with some cool magicians. Remember, like, like when Chris Angel? Yeah, like, that guy was when he Chris first Angel. like his how sick that there show was. There's some amazing videos of people just tearing apart Chris Angel tricks. Yeah, he's not great, but then, but like I said, but he's got some things that are pretty awesome. Yeah, so. Um, All right, so if you don't want to do, we don't want to do magic. The New York Yankees have been terrible. Let's well, after the squirt sports. If we, we could have recorded it after the squirt sports. Uh, I haven't even really watched TV or done anything. Um, I, neither have I. Uh, obviously, I just started my I've rewatch. Guns, dude. I've been watching gun videos. I've been learning a lot, dude. Here's I've, the thing: I've been watching so many gun videos. I might just, I might just. Learn how to load my own ammunition. Buy as buy many gunpowder can and shells. That's easy. Yeah, it's so fun. And buy the little press. I can't believe how. Well, I can believe it, and it's a good thing. How easy it is to buy guns? No. When you think about this country and guns and the amount of people who have them, and how long the tradition is of like doing things like that, there's. A lot of people. Well, that's what and I was I actually... I can't die. I can't die. Okay, well, that's what I was going to say. We know over the past year longer because of COVID, the election, all the, the stuff that's happened. Gun sales have been through the roof. People are people are gearing up. You go to the gun range. It's packed. People are shooting. You can't get ammo. Isn't that almost like... Give you a little hope, though. Yes. That, like... People are ready. People are ready. And, like, not for nothing, you can make the argument that, okay, maybe America right now is in a very weird spot with its propaganda, with COVID, with everything. But you look across to other countries and you go, well... We're not Canada. Everyone's in these same spots. Canada just was allowed to play golf. (laughs) Are you kidding me? They were were not allowing their citizens to to play play a game where you're alone outside. They were, like, locking people in, in like, hotel rooms yeah. by force. So, we're not that. And if it ever came to that, and if it ever got further than that, there's a lot of people in this country who have guns. And they're not going to, like... Why, why... I used to be on the side of gun control of, like, it's ridiculous to have guns. Every gun should be banned. Uh, the, the That stupid fucking argument that I'm so guilty of back in the day of, like... Oh, when the Constitution was written, it was about muskets, and now it wasn't about AR-15. Like, no, no, no. But, like, also, what did the government military have then compared to what the citizen had? And then you look at what the our government military has now and what the citizen has. It's w- wildly different. Um, and I just think, like, America was founded on the backs of people who rebelled, who said no to tyranny, and they did it by themselves through militias in their own fucking arms. And that's who what America is. So you can hate it. If you want to be anti-gun, you can. But guess what? 
it ain't changing. I don't care who becomes president, what laws they gonna, they're going to pass. I don't think it's ever going to change. Especially when I watch these gun videos and I watch these, these 2A, I don't know what the word is, but like these 2A like enthusiasts who are just like, this is what we are. Yeah. Like it's not changing. And if it does change, like we're here to say no. So, like, it, it makes me hopeful. Like, I get happy thinking about, like, I think we're better off than I think we are. I hope so. Like, if it really came down to it, like, if there was really, like, a, a, a civil war or a revolution that came to actual arms, man, I think there's a lot of people who were going to be geared up i think so too and and the more i i spend time around the guns and the people in the gun shop and all these i feel that way i think that there's there's just normal of, people they share a lot of the same just values normal people who are the same thoughts who just don't care anymore for the, what we're seeing and they're ready to go whenever whenever the first shot gets fired hey guess what there's gonna be people at the doorstep. Will there be like a like another shot heard around the world? No. I really don't think it's gonna get there. I think I think I don't think so either. I used to think so, but we now talked I don't. a few I did too. But we talked a few weeks ago about like the revolution and I think it will be a conscious revolution. I think people are I think people are coming around to the understanding of what actual tyranny may be and what being lied to means when you have when you don't have, none of us actually signed a social contract. You're forced in a birth, and the people who've run the show have run the show for long enough now. Where I think that that contract needs to be revisited, and just the nature of things means that it will be revisited one way or another. So. Like you were saying, like it's got to run its course. I think the course will be run, and there will be a moment, and everyone will know. Like we said last week, I think too. Like it go, it'll go in one or two directions. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think it'll go the the, the sad way. And it, even if it does, what I kind of was saying before about doing nothing, then that's where we're just at. Let it run its course. Whether it goes the the worst way or the best way. It's well. I mean, the worst way is it'll take care of itself. The worst way, I think, this is what we're talking about with stage one earlier. Like, this is a soft genocide. Like, no one is willing to say it. But if Anthony Fauci, and again, like, God forbid, this podcast doesn't get taken down. But if Anthony Fauci funded the Wuhan lab and the virus escaped, and then he tried, and then to they all lied up. about it. And then all the corporations push push a vaccine, and the corporations that control the, our conversations silence anyone who dissents. And that vaccine happens to be dangerous, and it kills thousands and thousands more. Like who's killing us? Who is killing us? And how many vaccine and how many vaccines and how many diseases come out of labs and pharmaceutical companies? Problem solution, like. Lyme's disease has always been rumored to be lab man-made. Like uh, AIDS has always been thought to be synthetically designed. Like, I don't know the truth. 
This is what I'm saying. I don't know anything. But what I do know is that when you really start to boil it down, it's really hard to dismiss the possibility that the companies that are trying to solve these problems might be creating these problems. At what point do... At what point does money and power and control just create more and more and more and more of an issue? Like, how did we get to a point where we're at now? Who knows? <laughs> this is what we tried to do last week. But... Trying to diagnose the system. Is it a secret society headed by, like, frontman Bill Gates... That's been doing this for generations no. and generations. I know or I said that it, last week. But or like, is it corporations just pursuing profit? Well, that's what I'm saying, right? I don't know. It's like, okay. I going, don't care. Going back to the ivermectin <laughs> thing. Get right? out like, of it. Yes. There's no money to be made off ivermectin. Yes. There is billions of dollars to be made off vaccines. Yes. Pretty simple choice if you're these companies. Let's make a vaccine. Screw this thing that's actually going to save people. But that's not. A, I don't even think that's the mindset. The mindset is let's try and save people while making money. As no, fast as I we think can. I think it's all about making money. They don't care about saving people. They care about you thinking they're saving people. Okay, that's fair. But they don't care about. Saving let's try people. and convince people. If they we're cared about saving, saving people, people, we'd be talking about the thousands of people dying from the vaccine. I always go back to the cigarettes and the heroin that used to be pushed by medical professionals and the bleeding of George Washington. Like medical professionals were the ones who were like, if we take George Washington's blood out of him, his fever will go down. So, like, things are just... And, like, leeches, right? Like, doctors... Like, that used to be the way you cure Yeah, but people. maybe that was just, like... Those things I can kind of at least go, well, you know what? Maybe they just didn't know. What are we not going to know in 50 to 100 years, dude? What are we not going to know? We're not going to know that, hey, we shouldn't shoot up babies with COVID vaccines. No, but, like, we know that. Like, we know that. <laughs> Do we? We have data that tells us we shouldn't. We're doing and it. We're doing it. So, like, we know that. I don't know. But, maybe, but okay, to your point, though, we're maybe dead. back then there were people who were like, why are we using leeches? What are we doing? Like, I hope but, there's one person out there. Like, please if get in contact with us if this is you. I hope there's one individual out there who's listened to every episode from one to now that has tracked all the times we've just ended with this sentiment like we're like we're fucked it's over it's over it's over it's over we're just marching off the cliff we should rename the podcast it's over because that's really the theme of every episode it's all over we're dead oh my god and i don't want to be a doomer like i think there's hope like we said i think it's gonna go the other way but that's just my this is in my heart though to be fair because it's not in evidence around us well that's where i stand i wouldn't i'm at this point I'm not surprised. That's faith. I won't be surprised in anything. If we all go down in a blaze of glory shooting each other, won't be surprised. Yep. If we all go down due to uh, everyone who got the vaccine turning into zombies, wouldn't be surprised. If we get hit by a comet tomorrow, wouldn't be surprised. If Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Nothing will surprise me. Because at, at this point, I, you can't rule anything out. You can't. And if you rule stuff out, I, I don't know how you do. I have a great name for this podcast. I'll tell you as soon as the squirt happens. Say it right now. Nope. Okay. All right. Is that it? I'm ready to squirt. <laughs>
Get ready for the square. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. <laughs>
thank you for staying tuned through the silence. I now would like to treat you to 21-year-old aspiring musician Sal playing an original song of a hard drive we found in my garage from 2011. at the water tower on a humid summer day passing time just to pass time until the day we pass away I'm afraid that you are drowning cause we are so far from you Bodies will go to waste. I 